You're listening to Sarah Hagen backstage with interviews and insights from years inside the music industry. Join Sarah as she talks with masters of their crafts, finding out what makes them tick both inside and outside of the music business. Welcome to Sarah Hagen backstage. My guest today, Dave Desenzo, has been a teacher at Berklee College of Music for almost 30 years, and he has a full schedule of private drum students as well. He has an incredible history of touring and recording with many artists in diverse genres, and he's coming out with his third instructional book very soon. He's also working on a solo album, which will feature his guitar and vocal skills, as well as his phenomenal drumming. So come along with me as I catch up with Dave Desenzo. Dave, welcome to the podcast. What's up, Sarah? Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I love your energy for early in the morning, too. We're recording early in the morning, and wow, you have all the energy. Really, I'm not a morning person, so I'll I'll take that compliment. Absolutely. We're trying, you know, we've, we're, we'll get our energy up. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll get through it. Well, so, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not coming off a, a delayed flight at 2 a.m. So yeah. if you need any help with energy, you can, you can count on me. I appreciate that so much. I'm hanging in there, you know, we'll have, maybe it'll be nap time later today, but yeah. for now doing okay. Good, good. So tell me how you've been. <clears throat> I have been good. I mean, like, you know, in terms of professionally, yes. um, you know, the world is a seemingly crazier and crazier place. So like, if you ask me how I've been with regard to just the state of the the world, that's a different story, which we don't need to go into. But like professionally, I'm good. I'm uh, I'm teaching a, a pretty good amount, actually. I, I, I don't teach. Uh, I take the summers off from Berkeley now. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually I've done that for years, but I, I'm back to it. Cause I, I went back to teaching summers for a few years. Now I'm back to not teaching summers at Berkeley. So I'm making that up here at the house. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm doing a fair amount of teaching this summer. I'm really enjoying it. I've got students from all over now that I'm, you know, doing, um, zoom and skype yes yes absolutely Um, that is pretty amazing i think that one of the things that the pandemic gave to us was new technology right and all of us adjusting a bit and so does it look different for you the way that you teach and were you doing this before is are you just doing more of it or is it like new technology for you no, this is all new. I, I was not doing this before. I mean, I would have students requesting it, but I would, uh, the you know, the vast majority of the time, I would say no. Occasionally, it would be someone, you know, like a friend or a famous drummer, and I'd be like, okay, you know, I, all, all I got is a laptop and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I could put it on the floor if you need to see my foot, but the audio is not going to be great and the video is not going to be great. So I was doing that very, very little. And uh, and now that's all I do. I don't even have students come to the house anymore for a couple of reasons. Um, 
one being I only have I really only have room for two drum sets in this room and I like having two different kits mm-hmm. um sort of a meat and potatoes kit like this one right here and then the one behind it is I've got all kinds of you know uh, assorted sounds and different you know experimenting and um and I just don't want people coming and moving my stuff yeah <laughs> I can understand that for sure uh, and then the, the, this bigger reason, if, if not bigger, is just my ears. Uh, I'm trying to, like, teaching online, one of the best things for me is is I can monitor my students very quietly. Mm-hmm. And I've got a lot of hearing loss and uh, t- tinnitus, mm-hmm. uh, you know, constant ringing. Um, so my ears are, uh, unfortunately, my ears are, are a problem but uh this makes it a lot just more comfortable for me you know i feel less afraid for my my hearing so those are the reasons i'm not teaching in person anymore and uh and i'm you know there are some downsides there are some you know cons for sure Mm -hmm. and i do miss at times i do miss seeing people giving people hugs and and Mm. just you know i i love that so i still get that at berkeley with my berkeley students um but but the the pros are pretty cool um yeah so tell me tell me about that so you have professional drummers coming to you are they coming to you with specific requests like i need some instruction on this particular thing or like how is that working it's usually um particular particular things you know um for anyone not watching and just listening so you just opened your black book <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I just opened my black book i've got mm-hmm. i've got two black books i've got my year-round students and then I've got my summer students. And, you know, uh, like this this guy who's coming today, actually, Evan, he uh, he's getting ready to go to Nashville. He's great, great drummer, great guy. Um, he was a former Berkeley student, um, actually lives locally, but I... Mm-hmm. But like I said, I've been doing these all online. And he's, he's just wanting me to watch him like he's submitting videos and so i'll i'll assign songs mm-hmm. um and he's submitting videos and i'm just giving him feedback um trying to get him help him get ready for anything you know he he's a versatile guy uh drummer versatile drummer and uh so i'm just trying to help him become as versatile as he can be and give him pointers and tips and uh, even just uh, life advice, um, psychology. I teach, Mm -hmm. I talk a lot about psychology um, uh, with just in general. 
So you know what? I could go on and on with with it, but but I'll tell you this: as much as I get specific people asking for specific things, I get a lot of students who just say, "I, I just you know, I want you to help me." do what you do not necessarily like they want to cop mm-hmm. all my stuff so to speak or but just um you know a lot of a lot of i get a lot of the same requests like about uh flow um feel mm-hmm. uh, phrasing uh improvisation uh groove time Mm-hmm. People know that I have systems for training our ears uh, to to be able to hear uh, more simultaneously. Yeah. Um, so a lot of people come to me for that. So uh, you know, a lot, I teach like it wouldn't. It's not odd for me to have three or four students in a row where I'm like talking about the same exact stuff. Sure. Yeah. And that's great. And I'm sure like your experiences with one student to the next are are helpful for for the others because you're you're hearing what the concerns are and, you know, common themes and all of that. But that's really interesting that you brought up the psychology of it, because I think there's so much of that. That's so such a big part of it. So someone who is moving to Nashville, going to do their thing, you know, and, and work the maybe work Broadway and try to get gigs and that kind of thing. And there's so much mental stuff behind there, you know, and I just think it's, it's great to have someone like you give your experience and your advice and, and talk through those things because the, that, that's a big part of it. It's a huge part of it for, for a lot of people. I can't say that all people need that kind of, uh, you know, uh, help, mm-hmm. you know, I've played with people who, um, who have no performance anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know that th- those people exist, but sure. I was not one of those people. I had a ton of performance anxiety. Um, and I just have, you know, over the years, I've had a ton of students come to me, uh, with that specific issue. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I worked through mine. Um, I still struggle from time to time. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's not, uh, at least in my experience, it's not something that you, um, just like finish working on, like it's, it's over. I'm past that. It's done. Right. It improves. Yes. And, and my performance anxiety has, has dissipated incrementally right. over the years. Um, and, and I, you know, if I, at the risk of tooting my own horn, I feel like I'm really good at helping people in that regard. Right. And it's, yeah. and, and you said, like you said, I think you said it's, it's a, it's a, big it's a big issue you know you could be the baddest mofo on the planet and if your head is in your way 
boy, it's not, it's not fun. Right. Right. And I, I, I'm sure you have seen that. And, and I have seen that, you know, the, the really, really amazing talent and just can't get over that, you know, that, that anxiety. And it's, it can be completely debilitating. I've talked to drummers who have different techniques for, you know, how to, how to deal with that. And um, I think one of the big themes that comes up is like, the more you face it, the more you kind of force yourself to just Mm -hmm. like be in that. And, and I will say the same thing for um, even like public speaking. I just remember days where getting up and introducing someone at a show or something like that, like that would be, I would have so much anxiety about that. And that was just for a few minutes, you know? So thinking about playing a show for a couple of hours and facing that anxiety for that amount of time every night, it's Mm -hmm. it's challenging for sure. I will say that for me, well, I was going to say, you know, usually it, uh, it dissipates like it would be, you know, maybe for the first couple of songs. Okay. But I've had shows where it had lasted the whole right the whole night. And uh I've said to many students, there's no worse and this is not true, but I'll I'll say it anyway. There's no worse place to be than in the spotlight when it's the last place you want to be. Right. Where, you know, it's just a horrible feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Yes. Yeah. Well, all, all eyes on you. Um, w- yeah. One one artist that comes to mind is Craig Blundell. And I'll just say that um, he, you know, he's played really big gigs. He's an amazing drummer. Um, and he has this technique where he goes out uh, during sound check and he focuses on a few different things in the venue. So he'll see like an exit sign and he'll remember where that exit sign is. And he'll see like, you know, uh, this is this particular piece of art, if it's in a, a, you know, theater or something like that. And then when he goes back out to play the show, those are familiar things that he can focus on and say, okay, that's there. And this is there. And he can kind of like center himself using those those points of reference and i was like that's a great idea i love that right so yeah yeah. so i I mean it's amazing you're a fantastic teacher of of music of drumming and then you have this other aspect to you which is really valuable to your students and that's just that's so great i i agree i feel the same way i'm i'm really uh grateful to be able to bring that into my teaching and uh you know it's something you know you know i already alluded to this like it's not something you for me that i've that i graduate from that i'm i'm done i no longer have these issues mm-hmm. so teaching often i feel like it's you know it's a it's a reinforcement of, yes. of the same it's like i gotta be listening to the words that i'm saying right so it becomes like a point. practice you know like you ever hear the term teaching practice right like mm-hmm. they call it a practice you know that kind of makes yeah. sense it does it makes a ton yeah. of sense and yeah. and at berkeley um what are your 
you you know, and you've taught at Berkeley for how many years has it been? It's been. I started in 94. Oh my gosh. 94. (laughs) That's amazing. Um, And, and I just want to mention too, like you come from your, your dad was just an incredible teacher. We have to, we have to mention your dad, Dick Desenzo. I, of course, so, so just here's the connection here. I grew up on the South Shore of Massachusetts and Quincy, Massachusetts is where um, the drum shop was, right? So, um, and and your dad, Dick Desenzo, was like, when I was a kid, he was the instructor everyone wanted to to uh, study with. Um, and I remember his schedule being so booked up um, when I was starting and it was, you know, it was hard to get lessons with him because he was so in demand. It was it was incredible. And besides the amazing teacher that your dad was, he, he was an amazing person. And I think that it just shows in everything that you do. Um, I see so much of that in you as well. Thank you. That makes me feel good. Did you actually study with him? Did you ever get a chance to study? I with didn't. Him? I didn't. Um, you know, I ended up kind of going through the school system and you know in my in my school which was great i had great teachers um what what school system <clears throat> it was whitman hansen whitman okay. yeah. same same school system as steve smith actually fun fact yeah <laughs> <laughs> well um, yeah so you went you went through the school system yes yeah so i never got a chance to study with your dad but meeting him years later um and just like you know, warm is really the word I would use to describe him. Always, always so warm. A lot of people have used that, that word. And, uh, it's, it's it's really, uh, well, I appreciate you bringing him up. I, I love talking about my dad. Um, he, uh, you know, he, I'm just, I'm, I'm also extremely grateful from my dad and and I unfortunately became more aware of that gratitude after he died. Mm-hmm. Um you know he uh he's my connection to everything that has has come in my professional life it all started because he started it. He was the first drummer, the first musician in the family. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, ever, as far back as I can remember, there was music and, and drumming. And, uh, and you know, I, I he was ex- incredibly supportive. Um, and... Uh, I, yeah, I, you know, I've said this on on uh, other occasions to various people that I wish I told him a few more things mm, uh, of course. before he left us. But uh, I'm extremely grateful for him, and it's just awesome to to continually continuously hear. Uh, what an impact he made on on different people and how how much people loved him there's something really uh special about that for me um to know so many people felt similarly 
to the way I felt about him. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. And I, uh, just a couple of things. I, one of my favorite days at Zildjian was you coming in to, to do a clinic, right? Yeah. To, to perform. Yeah. And your dad came and your son came. Yeah. And so to see the three of you, the three generations and the interaction between your dad and your son was just so beautiful. Um, it was, it was amazing. And then to, to see your dad watch you play and how proud of you he was, was beautiful too. You know, that was just, it was just such a, a nice time, a nice experience and that, that kind of stuck with me. And then, you know, you mentioned his, his impact on people and the, the scene and the future drummers. I just think it's amazing that you're carrying that on and you're doing it in a way that, you know, when he was teaching the technology didn't allow, you know, so you're able to reach, you're able to kind of spread that all around the world, which is incredible. Um, so that's just, I, I love that you're doing that. I'm sure he is very, very proud of you. too. Um, so <laughs> it's just, yeah, that's a, that's a wonderful thing. And, 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 you know, besides the teaching, which is such a big part of what you do, um, I do want to talk about the playing, like the the touring that you've done and how versatile that is, because I think of you and I don't, I think of you, um, if I had to describe a genre, it might be like heavy rock maybe, but it's so, but I couldn't, I can't put you into, into a category because you have done so much in the metal and then touring with Josh Groban. You know, it's like there, there's just, there are a lot of facets to, to what you do for sure. Um, but you started, did you start playing metal music? Was that your first, your first thing? Uh, well, professionally, yes. Mm -hmm. uh, well, actually, even that's not even true because my first paying gigs were when I was like 15 and doing, you know, like uh, GB gigs. Okay. Uh, GB, for those who don't know, is general business. Um, you do in weddings and, and uh, you know, holiday parties, uh, mm -hmm. uh, anniversary parties, that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, I always tell people, like, that was so hard for me because I really struggled to play quietly. Mm -hmm. Um, I wasn't very good at that. And, uh, but then, you know, uh, well, because I was playing metal at the time and, you know, progressive rock metal, you know, it was, I was into hitting hard and, um, then I, you know, then I started, you know, getting out in the Boston scene. Um, and yes, it was playing metal and uh yeah so that's where it started and you know but it's weird because my love of music did not quite line up with my playing career so in other words like i loved all kinds of music mm -hmm. um and i did love metal and there are aspects of it I still do love. Um, but there was so much music that I loved that I didn't play um, because I was because I was into metal. And that 
as I was coming of age, so to speak, that's where the opportunities were for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, you know, I got sort of pigeonholed into like being this metal progressive rock guy who hit really hard. Really hard. And that was yeah. one of my calling cards, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, I thought it was cool. The people thought it was cool that I hit hard. And I even had uh, a couple of engineers very early on just be like, yes, you freaking hit the drum so hard. And, <laughs> and that's awesome. You know, and I'm like, cool. Cause I love to do that. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, so, um, but I, you know, I, 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 uh, I was, I guess I was versatile even in those days, versatile enough where people really a pivotal moment is you were talking about uh Mangini earlier. I don't know if we were on, on air yet. But no, we weren't. I, but think, I, 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 I was just, we yeah, I was just letting you know that he was, he was my last interview. And of course, you know, we're all yeah. from Massachusetts and so it's like the, the Boston contingent lately. Yeah, exactly. So <clears throat> Uh, a pivotal moment for me was doing this thing in 1989 called Boston's Best Rhythm Section Competition. Oh, wow. And that's actually was my, that's how I got signed with, uh, to, to Zildjian via Lenny DiMuzio. Wow. Because I didn't know that. it was me, uh, it was Mike and his bass player finished first. In the you know so we went to the finals mm-hmm. and there were five top finalists and Mangini and his guy uh Phil Bino uh, finished first and me and my guy a guy named Hans Glavishnig uh an Austrian guy I believe great bass player we finished second mm-hmm. and um and so one of the cool things that happened like I said was the Zildjian endorsement but another cool thing was uh, a bass player from, you know, another a bass player I didn't know approached me, asked me if I was interested in, you know, playing. And that led to me playing with a band called Mystery Jones, which was not really metal. It was hard rock. Mm-hmm. Um, funky-ish hard rock. So I was able to get my sort of funk on. And I had been to the drummers collective at this point and back now I'm back in Boston and I had, um, you know, I had studied with Rod Morgenstein and he got me into like some cool, like ways of, he called it two surface riding where you're like playing the ride cymbal and the hi-hat at the same time that you're coming down with backbeats gives you this sort of stereo, uh, almost stereo image. Mm-hmm. Um, in the high end, in the symbols, and then getting that backbeat. That was really interesting to me, and I was applying that. And then I also was studying, you know, I had studied some Afro-Cuban drumming and Brazilian drumming, New Orleans drumming. And I was sort of bringing that into this band called Mystery Jones. And... Mystery Jones led to playing in a band called uh, Fahrenheit, which was Mm -hmm. a a very popular band in Boston. Um, I did that for about a year and a half. So, so we, Mystery Jones did a show with the guitar player 
Robert Holmes, who was until Tuesday, he now had his own band called Ultra Blue. We opened for them. He saw me, he said, hey, man, you know, like Fahrenheit, I play in Fahrenheit. They're looking for a drummer. I was like, sure. Because at that point, I was ready to be a sideman, which prior to that point, I didn't want to be a sideman. I wanted to be in a band and like make records for decades and tour the world for decades with one band. Right. That didn't work out. And so now I had sort of put a new hat on and now I'm thinking like, okay, I'm, I'm just going to be a side man. And so before you knew it, I was playing in like three or four bands, uh, original rock bands. Um, and they were all different. It wasn't metal. But I was still getting calls for metal, and now I'm getting calls to play with hardcore metal bands from New York City, uh, the Chrome Mags, and then a band called Shelter. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was playing in a fusion, a couple of different fusion things. So this was all happening in, like in the 90s. Um, and uh, it, the, yeah, and it, you know, it became actually very. Um, I felt like I lost focus after a while. I did that for about 10 years, just saying yes to everything. And, and it was fun for a while. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it was really fun. Uh, but then it's just, I don't know. I, I wasn't enjoying myself as much. I've always had a, a, a desire to write music as well. Mm-hmm. And I play different instruments. I sing. Um, and I think that, played into me getting a little kind of uh disenchanted with being a side man and always feeling like uh the odd man out and feeling like um that's a bit harsh to say but there were times i felt like i was kind of uh, just sort of floating around and didn't belong anywhere sure and some people that's that's what they want to do and that's you know i don't i don't you know uh look down upon that that lifestyle i just slowly discovered it wasn't for me mm-hmm. but yeah uh you know i'm at this point i'm i can say i'm i'm proud of of the the work that uh, that I accomplished in terms of being a versatile player, mm-hmm. someone who could convincingly, you know, really cover a, a wide variety of styles. Like to go from the Chromags to, you know, Josh Groban or to Hiromi, um, mm-hmm. just. Uh, it's, it's amazing. I'll say it. It's amazing. I, I mean, it was hard work too, Sarah. Yeah. Like, you know, it was not easy to. It's like I didn't just pick these gigs up and be like, "Yay, no problems." Like, you really have to focus on different aspects of your playing mm-hmm. to, and it's not just physical aspects; right. it's physical as well as musical aspects and how you're thinking and, you know, the role that you're playing. It, it was absolutely it was hard work and how you're listening like you mentioned listening and training your ear earlier and i think like that's hugely important 
how you are listening in those different environments and in the different genres of music that you're playing, like with Hiromi, uh, the 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 listening aspect, right, and the exchange between musicians, I think, is probably way more intense than than a gig where you're up there as you know you're straight ahead rock and roll um mm -hmm. drumming it's just a different thing so that's that's a that's a really good point yeah absolutely yeah sarah it was uh i say was because i i'm not really pursuing that anymore mm -hmm. um you know, that being that guy who can, you know, there was a time I, I, in my own head, I was saying, I want you to be able to do it all day. Mm -hmm. I want, and, uh, and I let some of that go pretty early on. Like I knew I was never going to be uh, a great bebop player because I was never going to put the time into it uh, sure. to, to raise my skill level to, you know, to a place where I could, you know, consider myself or other people consider myself, consider me a great bebop player. But outside of that, you know, and maybe a couple other styles, I was like, you know, I really, it was a goal of mine to be as versatile as possible and to be able to say yes to pretty much everything. Yeah. Yeah, that was good. It served me well. Absolutely. And I mean, at, at this point, you're just at a different point in your career where you're able to kind of focus on focus on one thing or fo focus on the teaching, really. One of the things, though, that I see recently with you is you're posting these videos and you're playing guitar and you're singing. And a video that you recently posted, I think you captioned it something like, um, you know, it appears that I taught myself to finger pick something like that. And it oh, was yeah. like the most amazing thing, Dave. I'm like, <laughs> what, what do you mean? Like you're <laughs> just playing, you're finger picking the guitar and it's beautiful. And so I just, I mean, I, what I'm seeing is you expressing yourself musically, like however you feel that day. And that's beautiful. Thank you. It's, you know, that's, I, you know, I've often said I love playing guitar and, and singing as much as I like playing drums. Mm -hmm. um, I love writing music as much as I love playing drums. Um, I just had to pick drums because I felt like at the time that I needed to start making a living, I was better at drumming than any of that other stuff and um but now i'm at a point where um i don't i don't want to be i would rather be home helping to raise my boy mm -hmm. and indulging my passion to write music um i've i for this year was going to be my year to make my debut record and it's still going to i'm going to start it this year that's great but, and i've got a bunch of songs written um that are ready to go lyrics uh arrangements are done and uh but i got sidetracked because as i started to do that this year um my problems with my tendonitis just i just it's, it's like they uh, 
I hit a ceiling where I was like, I just have to, I have to do something about this. I have to try something new because I've been working on my body in terms of the health of my muscles and tendons mm-hmm. uh, related to drumming and guitar playing uh, for right. years, for years. And I've made a ton of progress, but I still hit this ceiling where like, damn, man, like I don't, I don't want to be dealing with this anymore. Mm -hmm. I'll wake up and I'll, my, my arm will be, my left arm will be numb. And it's like, I've, I've got to teach right now. And, and it feels weird to just even hold my stick and I've got to demonstrate, you know, at a, and then playing guitar this year, the same thing. It's like, man, like I'm, I'm really struggling. Yeah. So I decided to put myself into a, like a self-imposed rehab. Um, and I, uh, my buddy Dave Elich sees a, a um, he's got a physical therapist. Mm-hmm. I was just going to ask if you've talked to Dave Elich. That's great. Well, yeah, Dave recommended my uh, that I see his uh, physical therapist because mm-hmm. I think he saw a post or something mm-hmm. of me, like you know, complaining or something about you know talking about something with you know my body. Sure. Um, plus, I think you know we've we've just talked in 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 passing. Uh, you know, he he's privy to my struggles to some degree. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I've been, uh, I've seen this woman twice at this point. Um, but in the, in the meantime, I've put together, uh, with a little help from her a program that I'm sticking to. Um, and she showed me a, t- a way to stretch that nobody had ever shown me. Wow. So between myo, it's called myofascial release, which is where you, you're, you're trying to uh, separate the muscle fibers Mm -hmm. that have fused together Mm -hmm. from overuse. Um, So the two main disciplines are myofascial release and this type of stretching where you contract your muscles within the stretch those two practices plus um you know stuff i've always done like icing and heating i'm just i've put it all together plus i'm doing some light strength training Mm -hmm. and i'm looking at some stuff uh i've never stopped looking at stuff that i can do behind the drum set to make my life easier in terms of technique and efficiency and so i'm putting that all together and and uh i don't know i started like in may june so i'm I'm about three months into that um how are you feeling now it feels good good that's so good to hear yeah it's amazing what physical therapy can do but also like consistency you know with with a, with a regimen, I think I believe in, you know, strength training and stretching combined. It, it does amazing things. I also, I had a, a nerve like bundle kind of thing in my bicep 
mm. a couple of years ago and um so much pain so you know and it was and it lasted a long time because i think one of the things that a lot of us do is uh try to ignore it and think it's going to go away and <laughs> it does not work but physical therapy w- was incredible i was just like blown away by how how great it worked as, as long as you put in the time to to do what you're supposed to do right and that's that's just such a big part of it so i'm so glad that you're feeling better though and i think that's really important to as we are getting older as musicians adjusting right making the adjustments like you said behind the kit to our regimens to you know how we're treating our bodies because um it's it doesn't get easier <laughs> you know and it's and it's really an important thing to think about and a lot of people a lot of the drummers that I talk to on this podcast have been through you know Mike for example he's been through um a lot of different things going on with his body too and and making adjustments to uh to work it out and and you know you can play I mean we know how many drummers that we know play they're like in their 80s 70s and 80s and like playing like you know, like their kids. And, and that comes from really paying attention over the years, I think, to to what they're doing. But um, yeah. so that's good to hear, though. I'm really, really glad to hear that. And I do want to to mention some of the things that you have going on right now. You know, you're you are teaching, of course, you if anyone wants to book a lesson with you, actually, let's talk about how they do that. How do how do how does someone reach you? Just, you know, I get uh messages on instagram messages on messenger uh, that's how people get a hold of me and you know um I, like i was saying earlier i make uh i open up hours over the summer like additional hours to take on more students so if anybody's listening right now and you want to try to get me for a lesson this summer um yeah just just hit me up on Instagram or Facebook. And um, I don't really have much available right now, but mm-hmm. I would do my best. And then I, you know, I, if I put people on my waiting list. Yes. And, yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. So, you know, I'm very grateful and happy to say that my schedule is always full and I always have a waiting list. And I do get, I do my best to make sure, you know, that I get to that waiting list when somebody, when, when something opens up. So basically I've got, uh, I'm teaching, I'm, I'm uh, proofing this new book that I've got that will probably be released. I'm, I was thinking it would come out by now but it will definitely be out this this uh this year maybe maybe september maybe pasic um around pasic time uh it's going to be through hudson both digital and physical it's called fluid fills and musical phrasing Mm. um it's my third book it's my best book in terms of how it's put together and and how it's laid out and just it being user friendly and uh it offers in completion one of my uh i should say in totality one of the one of the uh 
systems that I teach that I call the last to first method. I won't go into it, but um, it's 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 an awesome system, if I do say so myself, for helping people with become more fluid mm-hmm. in uh, in their phrasing um, and more musical in their phrasing. And of course, in this new book, I've got what I call the above the neck disciplines, which is helping people to um, to to improve improve what I call oral cerebral coordination. I'm gonna I'm getting pretty nerdy on you, Sarah, but No, it's great. It's great. Keep going. Oral cerebral coordination, how much mm-hmm. you can hear and process at one time, mm-hmm. which all great musicians are great at. And you know, there are different ways to get there, you know, to get to that that goal of, mm-hmm. of being great at that. But I've developed the, uh, a system to help people do it all on their own, meaning you don't have to be, you should do all of these things. You should be playing with people and you should be listening um, and working and improving your, your, your listening skills that way. You should also be listening to music uh, and, and, and listening, you know, not just in the car or, you know, not in the background while you're painting your bedroom or whatever, (laughs) you know, listening. Um, But then outside of that, I've developed these systems that you can work by yourself uh, to improve your oral cerebral coordination. It's, it's really exciting for me um, because it works. It, it's like this shit work. Can I swear? You can. Shit. <laughs> you can swear. Yes. Shit, shit. shit. Uh, <laughs> it works. It works. It, That's it works. so great. And it's fun. You know, it's, it's, you know, I, one of the things I love about teaching these days more than ever is I'm better at it than I've ever been. And it's fun to do shit that you're good at. It is fun, right? Especially if you're helping people. Yeah. You know, it's just like, it feels really good. So, so this new book, Fluid Fills and Musical Phrasing, will have these, these systems ensconced in the book. Um, and then, you know, the other thing, <coughs> excuse me, uh, the only other thing I'm focusing on right now, like I said, is my physical well-being. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm logging a lot of hours. And I've logged a lot of hours over the years. Like I've I've spent so much time uh, working on making sure that I'm uh, as healthy as I can be to play drums. Mm-hmm. Like play, you know, like game ready. You know. Yes. Um, and I'm I'm hitting it hard. And and in a couple, like I said, uh, this physical therapist to give me a couple of just avenues that I haven't quite gone down that are helping a lot and then just my own self study, you know, it's, it's crazy. You know, I've been playing drums for 50 years and, uh, you know, a couple days ago I was up at one in the morning working on like fine tuning technique mm-hmm. after all these years and it's getting better. It's still improving. So, so you know, 
So, and then once I get out of this rehab sort of mode, I'm going to get back to making this debut record. Yes, mine. that's so exciting, Dave. And are you going to be, are you recording all of the parts on it? Are you, are you thinking you're going to do that? I am going to record all the parts that I'm able to record, you know, that I feel like, you know, this is, this is good. This, mm -hmm. this, you know, uh, there could be a better guitar player out there. Obviously there are tons, you know, I'm, I don't consider myself a great guitar player by any means, but when I put the time in and I, and I get the part right. Uh, and as long as it's not a part that's too technically advanced, I can, I think I could sound really good. Yes. If, yeah. if I feel like I'm not, then I'll hire it out. Sure. And, but and I'm definitely going to sing. Can you uh, tell us what, what like kind of music it will be? It's, it's, um, you know, it's vocal backbeat oriented, uh, rock and roll meets soul meets rhythm and blues. Perfect. That yeah. sounds great. I like to, you know, like belt shit out. I'm not like, I'm not a crooner. I don't think I have a, a, a beautiful voice purse actually you know it's getting a little more beautiful since i quit smoking oh okay. um, i'm getting a little more beauty to it. it's like it's not always like gravelly and um but i've but i'm definitely a better like sort of shouter singer mm -hmm. than i am like a a pretty singer you you're know, you're a soul you're a soulful singer i would say I, soulful for sure i think that's where i sound best and yeah yeah that's where i sound best i could Absolutely. sing like uh you know freddie king or um uh what's his name uh bright light big city who's that guy i forget his name but uh I, oh, gary okay. clark gary clark jr there you go yes yes yeah. yes yeah so i could sing in that in that vein and i feel like i sound pretty good at it but there are, you know, there are, so there are other areas where I don't feel like I sound good, that I wished I sound good, that I used to pursue, you mm -hmm. know, like, you know, like being a balladeer or crooner kind of, you know, singing beautifully. Mm. But uh, I just don't really have the instrument for that. Maybe, maybe someday it will develop. Cause like I said, uh, since I quit smoking two years ago, my voice is, has changed That's a little amazing. bit. Yeah. yeah. That, that is amazing. But I think I think what you have is is really, really great. And I just can't wait. I can't wait to. Thanks, to Sarah. So, I appreciate awesome. that. Absolutely. And if if anyone wants to see like anyone listening should follow along with you on Instagram because you do post some great videos and, um, you know, they can see you not only drumming, but playing guitar and singing as well and follow up on what you're up to and book a lesson in yes. the future. Get on the waiting Please list. Do. Follow yes. me on Instagram. I need more follow. Actually, I don't need anything, which is yeah. awesome. You know, like yeah. I'm I, I'm 54 now. It's like I'm established, thankfully. Yes. I'm not, you know, but uh, so I don't need more followers, but but right, but right. Follow me anyway, because it's good for my ego. Absolutely. Right? And it's fun, right? <laughs> it it's, is fun. It's fun to be talking, you know, to an audience when you're posting your, your pictures and your videos and all of that. Um 
And yeah, I'll link everything in the description so everyone can just click on it easily and find you. And um, and then, you know, I just we're all looking forward to seeing what what you come out with the new book and the album and all of that. And if anyone wants to check out the books that you have out already, Universal Rhythms for Drum Set and Rhythm and Drumming Demystified are your two yes. other books that people can already check out, get some great insight. Um, yes, you can find yeah. them uh, on Amazon. You can go to davedesenso.com if you want. Um, Hudson, uh, Alfred, those are the publishers for the different books. And Perfect. Rhythm and Drumming Demystified is also available digitally. Uh, which Universal Rhythms is not. Okay, perfect. That's good to know. Um, yes. And and I'll put links to those as well, so everyone can really get to you and and your books and and get some insight. And um, Dave, I hope I get a chance to see you in person soon. I know we're not too far from each other, and sometimes yeah. we get to running into each other at different events or concerts or something. So. Yeah. Um, hopefully we'll see each other soon. Maybe we can get I'm, a Boston contingent get together going. Definitely. I just want to say to you that I'm so happy that you're still, um, you know, here in this, in this, uh, arena, if you will, that you didn't leave the, the music industry, uh, the drumming industry. Thank um, you. I loved working with you at Zildjian when you were with Zildjian. I was really, really sad to see you go. Uh, yeah. And uh, so I'm really glad that that you're still here doing your thing and that that we get to, you know, to 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 convene and uh, and we will we will gather, we'll get together and we'll uh, we'll have fun like we always like we always do. Always so many laughs. And I so appreciate you saying that. And I, you know, um, one of the things that I committed to uh, post Zildjian was to stick with what I absolutely love. And, you know, I love music and drumming and all of you. And there was no doubt in my mind. And, you know, I did have some some opportunities to go elsewhere and do other things. And, and it was not um, a hard decision to, to say no to that because I really, really love, love this, this industry. And, you know, it's just, it's where, where I belong, where we all belong. And I'm happy to still be here too. So. Yay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's great, Sarah. I'm glad you uh, chose to follow your heart and, and stay, stay here. Absolutely. In this Always. crazy business of ours. Yes, it is crazy sometimes. It's crazy, but, but like you just said, the you know the people. Maybe it's like this in other industries where uh, the our 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 um our colleagues are so freaking cool, but yes. I don't think so. <laughs> I think we're lucky. I think we're really lucky. I mean, you're that's right. the word I was just going to use. I mean, yeah. I just. I just came back from two days at the Music City Drum Show in Nashville. And again, it's like, it is like a family reunion. Every time we're all together, every time this drum and percussion world gets together, it is like you just walk around hugging and just loving people. <laughs> it's just like the greatest thing ever. Um, you know, and I just, uh, I wouldn't, 
I wouldn't trade it for anything. It's it's amazing. The people, the 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 work that we get to do, I mean being on the, you know, being on one side of it making music, being on another side making the instruments. It's just such such a great it is. It's like a big family. We're mm-hmm. all lucky. Mhm. Yeah. Well, thanks for sticking around, Sarah. Absolutely. We're and I can't wait to give it. you give you a big hug in person soon. I look forward to it. Okay. Thanks again for having me. Thank you. You too. Okay. Bye. Thank you for tuning in today. Join us each Tuesday for new episodes of Sarah Hagen Backstage.